0: Welcome to player Heads. today is part three of our conversation with ken stable well one of the other things i was thinking about not just Latin america was but with the temporary play mm-hmm. is even as we look at this other stuff in miami even citadel they're relocating which means they are a company that will relocate so it doesn't mean they're going to be here permanently and forever and so this is where that attitude you know yes. becomes important because And when I'm watching this, it's I'm going back to Miami Beach and watching Miami Beach. We've got to have more office space and looking to bring more office space. We did this 20 years ago and we put parking lots out and we developed 300,000 square feet of class A office space in around 2000. Um, It came online right when the dot com bubble burst. But at one point we had the. Latin American headquarters of all five major music labels. There's not even five major music labels now, but we had the international, we had Sony international, we had Cisneros television group. We had uh, discovery channel, Latin America. We had Nickelodeon, Latin America we had, Latin America. we had MTV, Latin America. We had all these things. I've got a brochure right there with all of the logos of all those different companies. And they were there and, and they were there because same reason people come to places because South beach, was the place they wanted to be. It's the place where the creative people were, it's the place they wanted to be. And and as these industries and the the, the music and the cable and the film came in, not for location stuff, but for their corporate, corporate location, not shooting location, that's where they wanted to be. They wanted to be in that environment. They didn't wanna be around people in white shirts and ties on Brickell Avenue where the real class A office space was. They wanted to be on South Beach. And so they put up with, You know, we, you know, these historic buildings converted into offices. And eventually we saw this demand and we attracted this new, this new class A office users. The, and it was great. We had all these companies, we had MTV, we had Discovery. You know where Discovery is now? Discovery Channel Latin America is still in South Florida, but they're not in Miami Beach. They're in Blue Lagoon. Because at some point it did become a financial decision. It did become a business decision. And so when you look at, at the at, at the end of the day, even with like a Citadel and with the things going on now, I think about Miami Beach, what you, you know, they've gotta make sure that, that you keep that attitude of being this place that these companies wanna be. I mean, Miami's just grown into a global city. Chicago is a global city. Chicago's been a global city. Well, now they're bleeding companies and wealth. And so it it just it it, it there's that's that's why I think in the LinkedIn post I put something about deja vu, is because okay. we were on top with our Class A office space twenty years ago, and we right. had these you know, MTV and Sony and Cisneros had come up from Venezuela with their thirteen I think cable TV stations, and but it changed, and so now we're we're rushing to accommodate all of this now, but you know there's 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 not really that I hear the discussion about the keeping your fundamentals and and the long-term just, just as there wasn't back then, you know, and, and, and I think something that gets lost and and it's not saying that they're ignoring it, but you still, and I think one of the things we learned then on the beach is as much as you do these new industries and this new economy and bring these things in, you've got to protect and take care of your foundational industries. Because while these help. You know, what we saw on the beach is, is, you know, our foundational industry was still tourism. And so you end up in these discussions where it almost is like people want to make it an either or. People want to make it this battle where you have to choose one. You can have all of this additional. It doesn't mean. You're 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 adding to it. You're you're, not displacing something. I hear the phrase a lot in Miami Beach, and I've heard it a lot recently during this whole office space discussion. It doesn't become this conversation about we need to diversify our economy. It becomes we need to diversify our economy away from tourism. That's what you hear sometimes. And so it's, you know, you've got to protect those foundational industries, whether it's tourism or healthcare or your traditional financial services, whatever those may be, your manufacturing is, you know, uh, and even agriculture, you know, understanding those trends and the temporary nature of different things. I mean, even an ag, I mean, how much produce production have we lost in South Bay because it's gone to decorative plants.
1: Right. So so. interesting couple of thoughts about this. Um, Number one, I like to use the phrase over the hump a lot. So uh, I think the question is when it comes to these new industries, have we gotten big enough and mature enough and popular enough that we're really over the hump and they are not likely... Uh, to turn around and leave. And I think when it comes to finance, I would say we are. We're over the hump. Uh, I once gave a presentation um, to um, the Fellows Program. I've forgotten what it, the official name is, of, but the Fellows Program for the Miami Foundation. They wanted me to talk about Miami as a global city. And I basically went in and said, it's not. Um, and part of the reason for that was I said, now, let's look at the banks that are here. How many global headquarters of banks do we have? Just na- name three of them for me. Of course, they couldn't name one because we didn't have any. Right. They said, your symphony is from Cleveland. <laughs> right. And this right. is a little tongue in cheek. But the the truth is that we we still have some things. You know, we had some things that were going on. I think.
0: Well, and I think it, it's because just because you're an international city doesn't make you a
1: global city. Exactly. That's precisely the point. Right. So we are an international city, but we're not a global city. You have to have you have to be a financial center if you're going to be a global city. And I, I actually believe because of the growth that we've seen, because of the migration we're seeing from northern cities, but also because of the instability in South America, um, we have enough wealth that is in and moves through Miami that we probably are over the hump in terms of the financial sector. And we're, that is not going to uh, dissipate. Anytime soon in in ways that that take us out of being that regional hub, I think in a lot of ways, so that one that one I'm okay with. I think there are a lot of people betting on Miami because of its diversity um, because of the talent that it's able to attract um, ending up being a significant player in the tech scene it's I think it's a pretty good bet, but we're not over the hump yet. But when you look at those two parts of the diversifying economy, I think Miami is going to a very different place. And, and we're, we're close to,
0: to being certain about that. I, I think so, too. And I think, I think that's where it comes back to where we spend our time, which is in neighborhoods and local and local downtowns. And it's those things we talked about. It's these places, creating these local places that people want to be, creating you know that quality of life and that experience as and 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 whether it's tech or the other things, I think you're right, you know we've always wrestled with is miami the capital of the Americas, and it's the assumed capital of the Americas Panama City would differ um but it's it's kind of been but but you know and 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 if you step out of Miami, not everybody thinks of it that way right you know if you step out of Miami and look at at how people talk about cities and compare cities if you you know. And know we talk about it. I, we talk a lot about Nashville and Austin because we're looking at certain things. You go to Nashville, they're not talking about Miami when they're making comparisons. They're talking about Denver. They're talking about Austin. So you have to kind of get out of, out of that a little bit. And so outside, yeah, a lot of people do think of Miami as that de facto. But I think that what sort of solidifies it are these this migration that's not Latin American related that's coming in. They're saying this is just a business center. And I think that's what because because no matter what happens, whether it's Mexico City or I mean Panama City can give a good, a good run, but it's still about Latin America, whereas now Miami is about more than just Latin America. And um, you know,
1: the the argument I would make is that from a stability and personal safety standpoint, Miami is hands down the better choice for people with wealth, right? I mean, they're not gonna get kidnapped here. Let's just be clear, right? So, but before I I lose this thought, you you said something that triggered a thought for me. I would say that in the past, Chicago and New York did not see Miami as a competitor. They saw it as a vacation hotspot. And I would say, probably today, they see it as a competitor. And so we've arrived. And, and and even as the wealth migrates, because I was thinking earlier that, you know, wealth from South America, yes, a lot of it will stop in Miami, but a lot of it goes on to New York. Sure. And I think it's going to be interesting to see as the wealth migrates this time, um, over the next year, probably how much stops in Miami and how much keeps going to New York.
0: Yeah, and the point about safety. It's more than that. It's we've all watched Venezuela. But after watching Venezuela, I guess the point is that just when you think you've got the stability down there that you've been waiting for. The most stable, successful economy, Chile, goes the way that it seems to be going. Colombia now. And so it keeps happening down there. It keeps and and so that that I, I think I think right now absolutely does it because because, OK, Venezuela has been there, but it's been sort of this outlier, you know, and Colombia are our strongest. Outlier, Venezuela and start. Bolivia. Bolivia's was just not that important. Right. Right. But but it's 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 it, it really, I think, makes that cements Miami as as this is the place that. That you've got to be, and
1: and we talk about we talk about Colombia, but the truth is, I mean, Argentina maybe not so much, but Brazil's kind of on the precipice, and it's a big country. And Miami is, you know, absolutely hands down their familiar place. And so, yes, I mean, it's 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 a new era. It's not the same cycles that we've known for the last fifty years. I really, I really think we're out of those cycles. I, we're creating a new one. Obviously, we'll we'll have a cycle, but it's not the same cycle.
0: Yeah. And it's just, I, I just, I I question it just because I, the, the one thing in both in Miami Beach and in Miami in general, we're just so good at believing our own press (laughs) that you gotta, you you gotta remember that, okay, how are people outside? How's everyone else viewing us? Um, and they don't always view us the way that we view ourselves. Um, but we seem to be, Maybe they're more than we we have been in the past. Well,
1: and how can I say it? Right now, in, in particular, we have spokespersons in the forms of these migrating CEOs who are not us telling our story. That's right. And it's way more powerful for them to tell it than for us to tell it. And so the rest of the country is listening. And I would wager that the rest of the world is at least starting to pay attention they may not be listening yet but they're they're kind of cocking their heads and saying huh that's that's different yeah that, that seems a little different for miami huh so um yeah there there's no question and 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 again I'm paying attention to Seattle and Portland and even Denver and Minneapolis and St. Louis and Philadelphia and all those places and these downtowns are struggling and and the downtowns are still the psychological heart of these regions. And if they start to 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 spiral um it's going to get really interesting fast. So um that you know and and you know knock on wood Here in Miami, we've not seen any of those challenges. Right. Right. We're not we're not in those same places as they are. And I mean, down to our commuting patterns and our work from home patterns and everything else, we all like to get outside. (laughs) Um, And so uh, downtown Miami, I mean, I have not heard anyone say, oh, no, it's dead. It's you know there's there's hardly anybody there anymore or anything else like that. I just don't hear that storyline. It may
0: even be true, but I don't hear it. And that's that's, that's one of the challenges that we have is okay. is that that downtown needs to thrive like everything around it is thriving. Um and and then we get that and then Miami has that true um you yes. know downtown that 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 a downtown that Miami is worthy of. Well, and you know
1: me, I, you know, I like to talk about signature streets and, you know, Flagler has always been Miami's signature street, whether they want it to be or not. (laughs) It is. is It's kind of like Euclid Avenue was Cleveland's, right? Because it was Millionaire's Row back in the day. Um, If you don't fix that, if you don't take that signature street and make it its best possible self, then there will always be this vacuum that keeps, keeps you from really, um, moving forward the way you need to and really positioning the way you need to
0: because it's your signature street it's your historic downtown it's your it's your authentic core and so you you have in all of these great shiny office buildings and shiny condos and all this great wealth and all this great investment but but you've got to have that soul that authenticity of a place. That's what you see in great places. It's and this is, I mean, this is what we did in Cleveland with Euclid Avenue. I mean, we we
1: focused on it. We redid it. We put the health line down it. We, you know, we created a historic district along it. We, we did all these things because that story was the story. It was the most important story that we could tell. The shiny new residential down on the lake was not the story. If we didn't bring Euclid Avenue back, then we had failed. Right. Because the story was still, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, there, there's, some, there's some stuff there, but they really haven't transformed it back to what it was. Um, and I think that,
0: that is one of Miami's challenges then. Well, if you think about the places, I mean, again, you, you can have all of this development and all you, and, you know, all the mixed use and, and all of that you, that you want. But, you know, it's, it's like on the beach. It's, you know, Lincoln Road, Ocean Drive, you know, up here, up the street, downtown Hollywood. You know, I explained to them, you know, you're, you're, um, you know, I, th- I think of these downtowns and one of the places that they struggle is they are shopping centers with ownership problems. And that's, that's where they struggle a lot. And, but what they are is they are the place that shopping center developers try to create, but can't because they're not authentic. Right. And so, they're you know, not, and, and not
1: quite chaotic enough.
0: Right. And, and that's, that's what takes me out of just even, big Miami discussions and down into, again, these places we spend our time, these neighborhoods. That's what takes me to four blocks of downtown Miami shores on second Avenue or downtown Lake park or small rural communities is that's the asset that they have. And they have that, that authentic place. And you've got it. And that's what brings us back to the engagement and the places for people to go and the aesthetics and the look and feel and, and all of those things as you have these nodes happening around Miami and I think those are the things that become, you know, our approach that we use is all goes back to South Beach and that revitalization and how you make that relevant to other places. And just like what we're seeing in Miami, how do you make this relevant to other places, regardless of their assets or their size, you know, and how is it, whether a small town or a house, what's happening here, inform what's now starting to happen in St. Pete in Pinellas and Hillsboro and in that area or in Nashville and the communities around it. You know, how do they recognize and, you know, maybe be able to learn from here and, you know, get ahead of some things that, that maybe we're having to learn a little harder way. But it comes to me, Flagler's a great example because you think about the great places, when you think about great places, you don't think about mixed use developments. You think about public squares. You think about public places. You think about streets. You and think about your strolling streets. Yeah, you think about Bourbon Street. Whatever you're doing there for, that's the place. You think not, about not walking fast. Yeah, you think about the Sunset Strip. Right. You know, you think about Times Square. You're not thinking about the Marriott Marquis at Times Square. You think about Times Square, and so these are the places that people connect with. And it's, it's the it way that at
1: all scales
0: it, it, exactly. It happens at all scales downtown Arcadia, Florida. It's, it's happening there and it's all about the aesthetics, the places for people to engage with each other. How open and welcoming is it? It's, it's those are the things that create that connection that people have to those places. And then it's that that then creates these opportunities. Um, yeah,
1: no question, but it's, it's also, you know, that, that business mix of, locals and entrepreneurs and, um, people that actually create connections with the business owners that they, um, see on a regular basis. And, and that kind of familiarity. And I mean, there's, you know, there are lots of, um, terms for it. Some people call it social cohesion. You know, I just call it a, a social interaction. How do you, how do you create places that make it easy for that to happen? Because we all we all want it. We're as humans. We're social animals. Right. And uh, we continued to build our cities and our homes and everything in ways that isolate us. And so it's a fun, it's one of those fundamental things that our public places should do for us, but often don't. Um, and you know, that, that ability to connect and on a regular basis. And, um, it's one of the reasons, you know, I like dog parks, for example,
0: well, that's where people connect. Well, it's what's great about places where we work also, because places used to be developed for, for that, exactly. in that way. Yes. I mean, Opalock is a great example, you know, where, where, where they were developed for that sort of engagement. Right. Um, and you know, and, and when you look at these streets, I mean, even in downtown Miami Shores, this was a a social media debate or discussion this week is, you know, why isn't downtown Miami Shores thriving the way that it should be given the proximity of all of these high value homes and all of these, all the wealth that's that's around it. And it's because you got to come onto the street because, you know, you the place has not, is not special. The place doesn't have that energy. Or convey that excitement and there's a lot of different reasons for that you know you and that's that's where you then start getting into the weeds the sort of hands dirty on the ground stuff you know, it's because you've allowed 15 doctor's offices to take up your retail space or whatever those reasons are and then that's where you start going from
1: you need, you need more sins
0: into the tactical absolutely but the whole discussion was was the about the closing of a restaurant yeah. in in downtown and that's what prompted the whole discussion interesting
1: hmm but these are, I mean, I also have to say, I mean, these are just, these are the puzzles I like, um, you know, figuring out how to use all these ideas that we've been throwing around today and, and applying them to different places. Back to your data conversation. It's it's less analytics that, how can I say it? So it's less data analytics than it is um, almost systems, and environment analytics?
0: Um, sort of. And I was going to even add into that almost like emotional, that yeah. emotional connection that people have to a place. Because right. if you think about it, I mean, it's when it's, we talk it's a lot a about, a and we talk a lot about branding. Yeah. Branding emotional is that is that emotional brand. connection that you create with a prospect or right. with a customer. Right. And that's what places do. Right. Places right. are brands and the ones that are really good at it, They do it. They create that. They create the connection.
1: And and then there's lots of different aspects to it. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, every place I tell my clients, every place has a place brand. You have a place brand, whether you like it or not. You have one. That's right. Let me tell you what I think it is right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And how we can how we can get it to where you want it to be. Right. But if you're going to shift it, there's some things you really have to pay attention to. right? Right. And um you know it still gets it still gets back there, but you know here's the other here's a really interesting going back to miami and the and the growth we're seeing and everything else is that you know I've had the pleasure or pain, whichever you want to describe it as, and having worked at both you know high growth places like Florida where growth covers up a lot of what you miss. <laughs> What you get wrong. Um, and I've worked in the Rust Belt, where no such, no, no such forgiveness exists. Right. Right. And I think there are a lot of lessons um, from those other places that are in non-growth that, you know, if you're thoughtful and you kind of really pay attention, you can transfer some of the techniques and tactics that are used in those places that have no growth. Um, and transfer them in to accomplish what you want in a high growth setting and and a lot of the community development and home ownership and wealth building tactics that get used in you know kind of the rust belt cities can be applied here but often aren't because we just are moving so fast we don't think to use them and so i think there's going to be opportunities for us to to think about that particularly as miami goes into this Unaffordable phase, I'll call it, um, which is really interesting. But at the same time, I remember when I got to Cleveland and they were not using TIF in districts. They were only using it for projects. And I was going, what are you thinking? The value creation, the value creation is what's around the project you just did. That the the, the capture, what you want to capture is, is the value you created off-site. And so by only doing TIFs. Just for a project, you miss you miss a lot of the the capture, and and that means your uh, access to capital to continue it to to keep the engine going you just missed. And I had these arguments, and it was really fascinating to me. But it was it was a it's an expanding pie versus a slice you know smaller slice of the pie kind of mentality I'll call it. Right. And I think there 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 are advantages of being able to use the tools and tricks from both of those kinds of places, in both of those kinds of places. Um, that uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that, you know, I I don't see a lot of a lot of some of the things that I've learned in northern cities, you know, that are struggling. I'm not seeing them
0: used here in South Florida, but they could be very useful here. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because like with tips, And there's some places like in Tennessee, TIFs are only used for projects. And here we have TIFs in redevelopment agent areas. And here every CRA is doing it different though, because there's plenty. Now the one we're in, in North Miami, does both. But there's a lot of CRAs in Florida that don't use TIF for projects. They only use it for implementing the plan. And, and, and maybe missing because of, of just a different perspective about using them for projects or as in incentives or things, you know, maybe missing out as well. Um, because there's I've I no number of CRAs that, that don't have it written into their plan, that don't have programs or, or opportunities to use TIF for key investments. Um, and are just, just focused on... That's how you grow your business, and, man. Right. And so it's, it's you've got to have that, you know, it's, it's almost, well, we're just going to do the public realm. And we're going to do the infrastructure. And it's 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 the the whole of our approach is all these things have to work together. You've got to have the infrastructure, but you've got to have the design, but you've got to have the regulations, but you've got to have the investment, you've got to have the financials and the feasibility. And because the while you change the aesthetics, maybe through some infrastructure, some streetscape programs, you're not necessarily changing the investment fundamentals of building a project there. And, and that's where TIFF comes in because I think what some places forget is that I, I view it's sort of what I see is the difference between economic development and redevelopment. Okay. To me, economic development is, is, and we're seeing a lot of it in Miami on the, from the bigger picture, what we've been talking about. Economic development. And it's a lot of even the South Beach story eventually is about taking advantage of and capitalizing on market conditions. And finding your opportunity to come in. Redevelopment is about where you have to change market conditions. The market's not delivering for whatever reason. But not Either construction costs are high, but essentially it comes down to there's a gap. And I think sometimes there's an assumption made that we can fill that gap by doing a new streetscape. Or we can fill that gap by upzoning. And it's 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 more complex than that. Because if you think about the most successful brands, again, we come back to place brand. You think about the most successful brands, and it might be Uber and Lyft or Airbnb. It might be Apple. It might be Disney and Las Vegas. But they need three things. to, And they've they've got to find the right balance for themselves of three things to work. And that is their identity and their brand. It's their market and their financial feasibility and its regulatory efficiency. Uber doesn't work long term if they don't figure out constantly getting tickets at the airports. Airbnb doesn't last long term until they figure out how to deal with bed taxes and city zoning and all, which they've done. And so that regulatory efficiency with the financial feasibility side, you've got to have all three of those things happen. And so I think a lot of the times in redevelopment, what happens is they just think about one or the other. We're going to address financial feasibility through project-based TIF, or we're going to address zoning and street-scape. streetscape, but but not understand how all three of these have to come to in into balance in our place.
1: Yeah, I always just say it's it's all about investment, and you know, too many communities think that public investment will be enough. And they miss because public investment is one one hundredth of the potential private investment you can attract. Right, right. It's good to use as a lever, but it will never carry the actual transformation. Public investment—it's not going to ever happen. We've we've gone through fifty or sixty years of the federal Mm -hmm. government trying to say public investment alone will get it done, and obviously, obviously, it hasn't worked. Um,
0: If you want your economy to grow. Public investment is not the catalyst; it should be the given. Right. It should just be being done. I understand,
1: yeah. but I mean, again, you know, going back even to the the, the use of TIF, you know, unfortunately, it's there. It's not a truly well thought out, economically feasible strategy. A lot of times, it's just well, we've been wanting to put new trees on Main Street, so let's put new trees on Main Street. We have some money to do it now, and it's not thoughtful. And, and one of the things that I get. Pretty bent out of shape about a lot is, you know, when you think about the investments you're going to make and the investments you're going to attract, what's your geographic phasing? And how do you begin to change people's minds and change your brand before it's all finished? Because if you wait till it's all finished, you'll never get there. Right. And so South Beach, it was Ocean Drive and then it was Lincoln Road. Right. I mean, so those 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 focused investment in smaller areas that then began to change the perception of the rest of the market so that you attract more investment is how you get it done. And too many places want to do the peanut butter thing. Um, where you know, we keep everybody happy politically, but we actually don't transform
0: even a small area that tells a different story about us. Right. Because at the you know, and 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 it's it's something we talk to our CRE clients a lot about is the political projects and the pet projects and the pretty projects, all they do is spin tip. They don't create it. Right. You gotta create it. Now don't get me wrong, there are some Certainly,
1: there are some public benefit projects that are an important part of that transformation and that storytelling, right? So, some of the pretty stuff is important. Some of the streetscape stuff is important. Um, but again, if it's not in the service of attracting private investment that creates TIF, then it's
0: not. you're not using your money as wisely as you could. That's right. And we usually, we sometimes will do, we'll, we'll look at it at their sort of work plan their five-year plan or whatever it is and we'll color code their things. And sometimes it's a 10-year plan. And, and those that you're talking about, those are the ones we color as yellow because we've got green things that clearly are TIF creators and things that are red that are clearly never, gonna. never going to create TIF. And then you've got the ones that can be both right. or might just be one or the other.
1: And, 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 and so it may yeah. be, it might, might just be a time and place when it's the exact right time to do those, they become green. Right. Because they're that's adding right. value in ways that attract additional
0: private investment. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, parking's a perfect example yeah. of, of that and how you provide it um, and when and where, and when and where right. into whether or not it's going to create the TIF or it's it's something further on that's needed. Sometimes
1: it's obvious because it's attached to the project. Other times it's trying to create opportunity for projects that, you know, we we can see whether it's, you know, Property ownership, or you know, conversations we've had with potential investors, or whatever else it is, where you can anticipate that that will result in that, even if it's not the current property owner, um, but that it might attract.
0: So, cool, good stuff, always, man. Let's we'll see what comes out of this and what what follows this next. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us on this third and final episode of this conversation with Ken Stapleton. This is Kevin Crowder signing off. Be Flare or be square. Fun conversations coming up. So for now, this is Kevin Crowder signing off. Be Flare or be square.